This morning is not going to be your typical message. Sorry, no big, deep, profound revelations of truth. You know, I, I, I've been thinking about stuff, and I've bumped into a number of individuals who have, they've, they've lost their mom in the last little while. In fact, I, I uh, did a funeral for a person yesterday who, whose mother died, and uh, uh, it, it, there's, there's a sadness about it. So I began to think, not everybody welcomes Mother's Day like everyone. There's an awkwardness to it. Some are really happy, and you know, but there are some are saying, eh, this Mother's Day thing, I'm going to avoid church because I feel uncomfortable on Mother's Day because I'm not that happy. You know, and then I got thinking about my own mom, and I'm thinking, hmm, I've shared my story with you guys enough, so I'm not going to get into it. But there are certain people you don't have always great memories about, so it's hard to enjoy the celebration so much. And then I, you know, without embarrassing her, but then I have... Uh, a beautiful wife who takes care of our kids in a motherly way that there's no way I can. And she doesn't get enough credit. You know, I'm not trying to embarrass you, Lord. It's just, it's just a true thing. You know, we, we underestimate what moms do. We really do. And so today I want to give a little bit of a tribute to, to those who are wrestling with an awkward situation of uh, a mom who was toxic to you or, or whatever. Like we're, we're going to actually refer to that in a little bit. But before we do, I want to read uh, something that I saw somebody post. Somebody in this church posted this, and I thought it was brilliant. And, uh, okay, Colleen, it's you. Fine, I'll say it. Um, but when she wrote this, I grabbed it, copied and pasted it into PowerPoint, and that confirmed something I, w- I wanted to share about, which you'll hear about in just a second. Listen to this. Perhaps you may be feeling like there isn't too much to celebrate this Mother's Day. Perhaps you are feeling the sting of disappointment, either in your children or maybe in yourself. Perhaps you haven't lived up to the expectations of those you love. Maybe you are feeling like you're a failure. Your failure is the sum of who you are. And Mother's Day just feels hard and undeserved. Know that you are not alone. Know that you are so much more than the unmet expectations. I love that. More than disappointments. More than your wounds would have you believe. You are loved deeply, fiercely, unconditionally. You are beloved in your broken, probably brokenness. You are not the sum of your mistakes, but you are the sum of all the Father's grace. All of his love and all of his heart from, from this mother's heart to yours, whether you, you be broken or whole, know you are loved. There are a lot of women that need to hear that today. Absolutely. And one thing we've been focusing on here in this church is your identity is not your behavior. Your identity is not mistakes or successes you've had and done in life attributed to your actions. Your identity is your oneness with Christ Jesus. That is who you are. And the more you know it, the more you start to live like it. That's the theme at Hope Fellowship. And that's what Mother's Day needs to be about, being reminded of that. I want to talk about an unnamed mother. So this particular mother, stressed to the hilt, 
Is she a single mom? I don't know. Where's the dad? Not sure. But obviously, this is a woman who cares so deeply for her kid. She's going way out of her way to find out who this Jesus guy is that apparently does healings of some kind. And man, if there's a chance, she's going to go for it, looking for every possible means and method to find help for her kid that she loves. What mother does that? What mother goes to great lengths Almost all mothers, almost all, all who are uh, thinking clearly and loving their kids and providing and all that, there are, there are absentee mothers. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an example in this next text, coming from Scripture, a story in the Bible of a woman going nuts trying to find help for her kid. And what does Jesus do? Let's take a look at this part. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman, a non-Jew, who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Wow. Her words are powerful. Take a look. Have mercy on me. So she's begging for mercy. She knows who this Jesus is. Calls him Lord, son of David, clearly identifying something powerful in the history of who this man God is. For my daughter's possessed by a demon that torments her severely. This is a mother who is so desperate, who sees her kid writhing in pain, upset. I don't know what what was happening, whether it was convulsions or what, or we're not sure. We hear enough stories of individuals possessed by demons in the scriptures, and that's a whole different topic of what that means. But in this story, this is about the mom encountering Jesus Christ, the God-man, fully God, fully, fully man. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all of her begging. It's like this nagging person coming after you over, over, and over, and over, and over, and over again. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But then she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me! Jesus responded, It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, That's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, Your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Hmm. I can imagine some of the questions you and I have reading this text. Why would Jesus be such a snob? Right? Be like Jesus. (laughs) Really? Does sarcasm fit into that? Some of you do well with that part. I know. I have a funny feeling. This story, which has been used as a club to be judgmental and harsh and almost unloving, I believe, I don't have time to get into the backstory today, I believe this is more of satire, bantering back and forth, not a stuck-up Jesus unwilling to help. 
He must have had the Holy Spirit tell him something as the conversation was going, but it's not written on the paper. Remember, God is love. Jesus is love. And he acts just like his father. The father is just like Jesus. So something, if you're reading into it, um, a mean, angry, ticked off uh, Jesus that really is judgmental and only elitist to the Jews only. What's that called? Exclusion or inclusion? It's exclusion. He's not exclusive. We see enough stories. You know, it's like Jesus when he, when he was, you know, he was told, you know, he's, he's called to the lost sheep of Israel. Sure, that's who he's called to. But when he sees people outside of that group that need help, he goes to them and they say, you're not supposed to. He goes, bull, I can. And he does. Example, Samaritan woman. He goes to her and he finds her and he, he sets her free and her family free. And it becomes a message of grace to the, to the Samaritans. In the same way, this mother represents so many moms trying to find help and care for their kids. I thought, oh good, once my kids are teens, phew, I won't have to worry as much. <laughs> That's so not true. All you young parents, plug your ears for a minute. <laughs> it almost gets worse. It's like, the bigger the kid, the bigger the problem. It's just the way it is. And then I thought, oh, once they... No, I know, poor kid. The teens are fine. They're lovely. But when they... Apparently, they move out, and it's supposed to get all easy again. Apparently. I'm not there, but I hear that's, that... You never stop loving and caring for your kid. That's the key. You never stop being your parent's kid. It's important. For some of you who are living your lives independent from your parents. My parents are both gone now, so it's, it's different. But some of you have living parents. Young, obviously. Some not. Don't forget, there are memories and a history of love and care and a, a history of um, unthankful care given to you that they have embedded deep in them. They have not forgotten. And they see their little baby growing up now. And it's hard you can't imagine the emotional roller coaster. So next time you short with your mom about something, pause and go, she's got a little more history about me than I realize. I have such a narrow little perspective on, on my little argument, my view, when mother has all and every single care that's ever been needed to be taken care of in her mind. She sees you as that whole package of much care, much love. That's important. Romans 12, 15 to 16. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. That was not written to teens. That was written to all. (laughs) Another way to say this. Some have great memories. Rejoice with them. Others do not. Weep with them. There are people today who are having a hard time because it's Mother's Day. Some feel inadequate. Some feel looked down upon in our society. There are less and less stay-at-home moms, per se. Let's just say that. Some by choice, some by not, because they have no choice but to work. It's not about judging those circumstances. In fact, (laughs) I came across this, which is pretty cool. It's a story of a woman named Emily. 
Emily was renewing her driver's license at the clerk's office and was asked by the woman recorder to state her occupation. You know where this is going. She hesitated, uncertain how to classify herself. What I mean, explained the recorder, do you have a job or you just, uh, of course I have a job, snapped Emily. I'm a mother. We don't list mother as an occupation. Housewife covers it, said the recorder empathetically. I forgot all about her story until one day I found myself in the same situation, at this time, at our local town hall. The clerk was obviously a career woman, poised, efficient, processed on a high-sounding title like official interrogator or town registrar. What is your occupation, she probed. What made me say it? I don't know. The words just simply popped out. I'm a research associate in the field of child development and human relations. (laughs) The clerk paused. Ballpoint pen frozen in midair and looked up as though she had not heard right. I repeated the title slowly, Research Associate in the Field of Child Development and Human Relations. (laughs) Then I stared with wonder as my pronouncement was written in bold black ink on the official questionnaire. Might I ask, said the clerk with new interest, I just, just what do you do in your field? And coolly, without a trace of fluster in my voice, I heard myself reply. I have a continuing program of research. What mother doesn't? In the laboratory and in the field. Normally, I would have said indoors and out. I'm working for my master's, the whole darn family, and already have four credits, all daughters. Of course, the job is one of the most demanding in the humanities. Any mother care to disagree? And I often work 14 hours a day. 24 hours is more like it. But the job is more challenging than most run-of-the-mill careers, and the rewards are more of a satisfaction than just money. There was an an increasing note of respect in the clerk's voice as she completed the form, stood up, and personally ushered me to the door. As I drove into our driveway, buoyed up by the glamorous new career, I was greeted by my lab assistants, age 13, 17, and 7, and 3. Upstairs, I could hear our new experiment, a six-month-old baby, and in the child development program, testing out a new vocal pattern. I felt triumphant. I had scored a beat on bureaucracy, and I had gone to the official records as someone more distinguished and indispensable to mankind than just mother. Motherhood was a glorious career, especially when there's a title on the door. Huh. Grandmothers are senior research assistants, associates in the field of child development and human relations. Great-grandmothers are executive senior research associates. Aunts are associate research assistants. Anyway, there we go. (laughs) Careful how you use terms and how you see people. I think it's, uh, we've made it clear, it's quite sacrificial. But there are those who are having a hard time today. So I want to give a, when weep with those who weep, shout out. Rejoice with those who rejoice, shout out to those moms. So as I read these next slides, this is more contemplative, and I want you to think through people you know in your life. Think of them and even pray for them. Just for the millisecond as you think of them. Just think of them today. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. We've seen some evidence here at Hope Fellowship. To those who lost a child, and there are people here who have lost a child right now. We mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience the loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, 
we mourn with you. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that you just don't know. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. This is big. We don't think of those individuals. There's, there's foster parents right here that have experienced the kids in their home, and it's, oh my goodness, stress upon stress. Folks, they are champions. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and a distance with your children, we sit with you. Not all relationships are good. We all make mistakes. There are kids who've caused the distance, and there are parents who've caused the distance. Some necessarily, some not by choice. It's a fact of life. It's a factor in the emotions of how we function, who we are. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your mother. Dang, I forgot that was there. We acknowledge your experience. To those who've lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who have aborted children, we mourn with you and remember them and you on this day. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. And this word is an understatement. Blended families, it's hard. I have a close friend who had, who's gone, going through this right now. And the complexities of blended families, oh my goodness, be merciful to them. To those who envisioned lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. <laughs> to those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expecting and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. 
You need the strength of God every day, and you display the strength of God. You display his work by bringing forth new life and by cultivating that life in the midst of safety and freedom and living with attention and providing both freedom and a safety net for Amy Young. Which brings us back to this. Celebrate with those who celebrate. Weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in the spirit of harmony and be as mindful of uh, another's worth as you are of your own. Don't live with a lofty mindset, thinking you are too important to serve others, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humble, humble-minded. humble Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. <laughs> Mother's Day. Thank God for your mom, no matter the circumstance. Thank those who are moms to your kids. If you see a mom who seems to represent really neat love and sacrifice, thank them. Tell them, I see this. I know some of our Sunday school teachers have been a mom kind of figure. Gail, I'm going to pick on you. So many kids want to go to Sunday school when Gail's teaching, as in, I get to go to her class next year because I'm in that grade now they've come to know a character of love and warmth that represents, listen to this, the mother heart of God. The mother heart of God. He's not just the father heart. The mother heart as well. Remember, he has no gender. You do know that, right? Good. You better know that. So with that, he displays his love through all of us, through all of our genders, through our circumstances, through our roles and personalities. I hope today will be a very special day for you. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask our worship team to come on up. Heavenly Father, may we be sensitive today to those who are dealing with mixed emotions. May we be gentle, careful with our words. May we cry with them, but also those who are sad. When you see someone rejoicing, go rejoice with them too. Father, teach us how to do this by the power of your Holy Spirit that lives in us. That way, we live out the love of Christ in the body of Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.